podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So now we journey across the world to Australia. Cheryl Gottschall is joining us with Gene and Randall. When I first said hello to Cheryl, I remarked, gee, she sounds like she's down the street. And I think of the first time we interviewed somebody in her part of the world, Bill Chalker, where it was a Skype connection. It was so bad, I had to spend hours cleaning it up so people could enjoy it and hear it clearly or not. Now, with you, Cheryl, and of course it's not you, it's the technology, or maybe you're doing something magical, you do sound like I could just wave at you. I know. It hasn't technology advanced. On the other hand, I prefer your accent to mine, so... Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> well, I could go into real Australian drawl and say things like, G'day, mate, and crikey, but um, no, I'm not going to do that this time. <laughs> Well, then we have to remember a crocodile Dundee or something. That's right. <laughs> but then, you know, I'm looking now at how many actors from Australia come to America and they sound like they're Americans. Mm, yeah, they do. And I've noticed when you're around the American accent for a while, well, I guess this is dependent on the individuals, but uh, I tend to pick up accents quite easily when I've travelled and I went through Europe for six weeks many years ago and I came back with a strange mix of all types of accents, (laughs) but particularly the American accent for me is very strong. Well, it's interesting, all these various actors who do it like I was just watching this sci-fi show from here in America called Stargate SG-1. And one of the people who played, she was on the last two seasons from your part of the world, Claudia Black. But she speaks with a British accent on the show. Right. Do you know who she is? I don't, but I love SG-1, that's for sure. Well, she was in the last two seasons. This was, of course, after Richard Dean Anderson, who Mm. was, of course... Colonel and then later General O'Neill, he cut back the last two seasons because he wanted to be there for his young daughter. He had a young daughter and he wanted to be more of a father to her. And being in a TV series, 22 episodes a year, you're working 16 hours a day. So they cut back and they had some other people. Claudia Black joined and she became what they call one of those sci-fi babes. Right. <laughs> I love that show, and I loved. All, I love all sci-fi because it just opens our mind up so much to possibilities of uh, life out in the universe and how to deal with it. I think that's not an easy thing to do. The thing about Stargate is, our listeners know that there was a movie in 1994 from the producers of Independence Day, where James Spader played the role of. Dr. Daniel Jackson later taken over by Michael Shanks in the TV series because he looked a bit like a young James Spader, not like the old James Spader who's a little bit heavier and bald and everything and is in Blacklist. But I like the show, and I didn't think how good it stands up is because I'm watching on Amazon Prime now. I'm binging it like several episodes a day when nothing else is going on. And we're talking about something that was done like in the late 90s to the 2000s, 2007, and then they had two spinoff series. And the darn thing holds up real well. I'm surprised. In fact, for fans of Stargate SG-1, 
They are working on a new series. For real. Oh, cool. Have to okay. tune into that. Yeah. Right. And it looks like some of the originals would go back on, like Christopher Judge, who played Teal'c. Right. He'd go back on again. And if we remember on the show, he's very stiff and everything. Yes. And he's always saying, indeed. And, <laughs> right? And he's funny. And if you see him interview, he's very funny. I like to see yes. that guy go on there. Yes. And I don't know why we're talking about this. But you see here, <laughs> we're all really in one world. I mean, I talk to Randall like he's down the street and he lives in Calgary, Canada entirely. And Cheryl Gotchell is in Queensland from mm-hmm. president of UFO Research Queensland. She's been involved in UFOs for a long, long, long time. In fact, I'm reading here that... You were introduced to UFOs in 1980 by your father-in-law, who had seen George Adamski speak. Yes, yes. Pretty incredible, actually. We had uh, George Adamski here. He spoke at the City Hall, which in those days was the tallest building in the in the city, which is probably the smallest now. And um, the place was packed out. I think he said there was something like 2,000 people there and People were lined up in the streets and they had to put speakers outside the city hall so that people outside could hear what he was saying. And uh, he got a rough deal. Um, Adamski was on stage and he walked off a couple of times and um, there were university students running around in the audience with uh, paper plates painted green and on a stick holding them up in in front of their face like aliens. And, (laughs) you know, you can imagine, can't you, what university students would come up with. There are people now who still believe Adamski, even though his claims were exposed years and years ago. Yes, yeah. Well, I've always, I was, have been a, an Adamski proponent um, because at least in, you know, in the early days of when I got involved, because that's the, the books that my father-in-law introduced me to. And I felt like... Um, And like a lot of the early contactees, the things that they were saying um, was like a handbook for dummies on planet Earth, you know. It was like people wake up, you know, um, stop blowing up things and look after the environment. None of the early greenies, I suppose you could say. So it it made a strong impression on me and I sort of followed through and I looked at the – Elizabeth Clara's story and uh, Dan Fry and all of those. And, yeah, they have something that, um, unless you really dig through it, they've got some similarities because I, my interest in, in uh, when I talk to people who report close encounters is the types of people who report these experiences. And these days, um, like back then we weren't thinking that they had, like, paranormal experiences as well and they had near-death experiences and they could see dead people and all that sort of thing as well as have these close encounters not everybody but some of them well it turns out elizabeth clara had a a near-death experience which i only picked up in an obscure um, news article that a good friend of hers who is still living and lives in brisbane um, gave to us to copy to put in our archives because she was um, her name's Kitty and she was in living in uh, South Africa and knew Elizabeth for ten years and Kitty established the 
Peter Maritzburg uh, UFO group there and the first meeting they had Elizabeth come along. Anyway, Kitty had been collecting all the news clippings and uh, and so she gave it to us and, of course, I just read through all of them and in one one article she talked about having a near-death experience and an out-of-body experience. I thought, wow, that is just – that fits a pattern that we're now seeing, you know, emerging these days. I should mention here, just as people know in terms of George Adamski, he wrote a book about, I think it was having Jesus Christ come down a spaceship, as I recall. And he wrote that book several years before he wrote his Flying Saucers Have Landed, at least the portion of the book that he wrote. Of course, Desmond Leslie wrote the other one. And he was later quoted as saying, after his contact experiences came out, that sometimes you have to go through the back door to tell the truth. Mm. And the general feeling is here is that he had certain thoughts and ideas that he wanted to present. But if George Adamski presents it, who's going to care? But if Orthon from outer space presents it, well, you know what? Suddenly it gains credibility. We've got more to come with Cheryl, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Attention business owners body slammed by overwhelming debt. If your business is in trouble, hassled by creditors, if you're frustrated, finally fed up with big business bailouts while your business has been left for dead, please listen close. There's a brand new fast track bankruptcy. Some have even called it the biggest small business bailout in American history. Designed for individuals and their businesses. And look, almost no one knows about this yet. My attorney wasn't even aware of it. The truth is, beating the system has never been easy because it's rigged in a sense against the little guy. But here's the jaw-dropping news nobody's talking about. They've literally just changed the system so that you can beat it. But only if you understand how the new game has to be played. Find out if you qualify at pocketsoflight.com. This government-backed small business repair program is still legal, but may not be renewed after the election. Fight back fairly. Fight back ethically at pocketsoflight.com. Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, I'm Jamil Bookaboo from TeamGaday.com and the GCN Longevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. 
Go to teamgaday.com via the shopping cart or contact form and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's teamgaday.com with longevity. Teamgaday.com. The following is a paid announcement. The advertiser was paid a marketing fee for a digital campaign. Please make sure to review our disclaimer on our report page. The new year is here, and the time is now to capitalize on the gold stocks boom in the U.S. markets. More stimulus and higher inflation could potentially drive gold prices to record highs in 2021. And with gold exploration stocks poised to skyrocket in the coming months, you have an opportunity to position your trades with red-hot gold exploration stock opportunities. Text the word GOLD to 48542. Get front row access to market and Intelligence when you text the word gold to 48542 and to set your investment research strategy to hyper growth mode with your free subscription to the gold market research report text gold to 48542 and have this red hot intelligence delivered directly to your mobile device so you can make decisions as market conditions change if you're interested in our hit list of the most promising gold exploration stocks then text the word gold to 48542 and don't get left behind in 2021 text gold to 48542 Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So that's the big point there. I think the other one is, of course, is that the photos he presented were very, very easily debunked. I think they yeah. you had what GE light bulbs. Yeah, there's like a chicken as the base of the UFO. And, yeah. I mean, it doesn't yeah. mean the guy didn't have a good message. Yeah, and it doesn't mean he didn't have a close encounter either. Uh, it could be that the, just the photographs were false. I mean, I don't well, know. I wasn't there. I'm, I'm not him. I'm, you know, I'm not. These days, I'm not sort of supporting him or against him. I'm just open because I think that. People who report close encounters, over time, there are things that I have noticed that just fit a certain pattern. For example, um, who was the guy who did the High Highgate Bridge? Uh, what was his name? I can't remember his name. But um, you mean Highbridge? Yeah. What Howard Menger. Let me tell you about oh, Howard Menger. Yeah. Me about, I what, met Howard Menger. Oh, I knew him. Let me tell you about Howard Menger. Now, Howard Menger... Well, they called him the Jersey Adamski, a sign painter from New Jersey. And he meets various aliens and everything. And then he appears on a TV show run by Long John Nebel, who was one of the most famous pioneers of paranormal talk radio. In other words, what we do here on the Paracast would not exist in its present form if there wasn't a Long John Nebel doing a show that concluded paranormal discussion back in the 50s and 60s. Well, so Menger appears on Long John's TV show, and he goes through the normal routine, and we assume here that John expected him to tell the story he told on the radio. Except this time he says, you know what? Maybe I was part of a government experiment. These were government agents 
who made me believe I contacted aliens. But no, it was part of some government program, which is not, by the way, out of the blue, because there have been reports of some encounters related to UFOs that might be government things. And I'll give you another case in a moment. Anyway, not long thereafter, I'm working my first full-time job with a guy named Jim Mosley at Saucer News Magazine. We had an office at 303 Fifth Avenue, and across the street was a coffee shop diner. And at the end of the workday, Jim and I would go there and have dinner. I'd have the meatloaf he had. I have no idea. Always the same thing. In any case, so I'm a young guy. You know, this is maybe 20, 21 years old. And he gets a phone call from Menger, and we meet Menger at the coffee shop, and he tells us the same story that maybe he was involved in some kind of government experiment. Segway to one more contactee, and then you go on, Cheryl. Orfeo Angelucci, do you remember him? Yes, I do. Okay. Angelucci meets this military guy in a diner who gives him some kind of tab or pill or something, and then... He went into a dream and he had an experience indicating here that very possibly what happened to him was due to government experimentation. But then we look at the other side. Maybe a person like a Georgia Damsey had a real encounter, but who believed him or he needed more details, make it more sensational so people would pay attention. And remember, there was a movie called Day the Earth Stood Still that features... An alien being, a tall, thin alien, short hair, not long hair, in a silvery uniform described by the contactees. So maybe Adamski took Klaatu, portrayed by Michael Rennie, glommed it on to his own experience, whatever it was, and that was the encounter in the desert. Hmm, yeah. I hear you, yeah. Well, I think to be fair, you know, however, there's, you know, back in those days, we didn't have the Internet so that people could go out and find all of this information. Like, right. Like now we can go out and we can just type in, say, a Damsky hoax and we can get PDFs and we can get all sorts of critical analysis that basically after you read it all, it's like, oh, okay, well. But back in those days, this was a really interesting thing. And a lot of people really wanted to believe it and it got people interested like yourself cheryl and i don't think that that's unimportant it's all in a way it's sort of beside the point when we want to think of the people that it drew into the field and got interested in the subject itself absolutely and i think that adamski played an important role in that way that he ignited people's minds to think about these things to think uh to, to reevaluate their personal philosophies about the world, about the universe, about humanity. And I think um, uh, no matter what people think, I think that was some a valuable contribution to our society at that time. And in a lot of ways, just like you said, uh, what he wrote ignited my passion for the subject, which I didn't even really know existed to that depth until I read his works. So I think it's been invaluable, like many of the other contactee uh, material. Yeah, there's a lot of colorful characters in ufology, and I do think it's important to separate out, you know, the fact from the fiction. But that doesn't mean that 
when you find out that certain things aren't necessarily as advertised, that it's not worth putting on record as part of ufology culture and part of its yeah. history. There's some, it, it makes it, in my view, really actually more interesting in a lot of ways. But before you got into into UFOs, you were into near-death studies. or, or yep. The, yep. And, and we've had some other guests on the show, Leslie Kane, for example, who's got a a Netflix uh, documentary out right now about the subject. And uh, there's been, you know, quite a few other people and uh, that have talked about that as well. We were just talking with Tim Swartz a little bit about it and how maybe some of this phenomena is related because the phenomena of life after death, when you start thinking of ghosts, it seems to be in a lot of cases, a correlation between places that are haunted and people who see ghosts and sightings of UFOs. Have you tended to notice that as well in your research? Yes, more so in recent years. Um, but if I could just give a bit of a backstory to that, because when I got involved with UFO Research Queensland in 1988, actively involved, I went straight out into the field with a mentor uh, and uh, was interviewing people who were reporting sightings uh, at that time. And um, good close sightings. And um, one of the things that I came to ask them over time was, oh, have you had any other unusual experiences? Not meaning have you had paranormal experiences, but you have you had any other sightings, close encounters, etc. And they would often say, um, no, but it, it's not UFO related. But I did have this strange experience when I was in hospital and I left my body and blah, 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 and it turned out they were reporting a near-death experience. And over time, um, I found that about half the people who were reporting sightings um, and close encounters were telling me that they'd also had a near-death experience or a near-death-like experience. Cheryl Gotchell joining Gene and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. We've all seen and perhaps use the alcohol-based hand sanitizers. Have you noticed how it dries your skin and as soon as the alcohol evaporates, it's no longer effective? GCNteam.com has alcohol-free antibacterial soap and foam meeting or exceeding all requirements set forth by the United States Food and Drug Administration. Come to GCNteam.com. Keyword antibacterial or call 877-878-4203. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. An engine failure aboard a Boeing 777 aircraft taking off from Denver International Airport Saturday sent large chunks of debris raining down on neighborhoods in the northwest part of the city. 
A United Airlines flight bound for Honolulu reported engine trouble and returned to Denver shortly after takeoff, scattering debris over several neighborhoods in the process. Broomfield, Colorado Police Public Information Officer Rachel Welt tells Fox News that no injuries have been reported on the ground, which is surprising given where the debris fell. I'm honestly shocked um, looking at this debris field and how busy Commons Park is. This is a very popular spot in Broomfield. We have the dog park, we have the turf field, there's playgrounds. Um, This park, on a day like today when it's not as cold as it was last weekend, we could have hundreds of people here. And the fact that we are still not getting reports of any injuries is absolutely shocking at this point. It's amazing. The plane was able to land safely. This is USA Radio News. The United States has begun admitting some asylum seekers after the Biden administration ended a Trump-era policy that kept migrants seeking asylum outside of the country until their case could be heard. Douglas Nichols is the mayor of Yuma, Arizona, and he tells Fox News that local officials from cities on the border were not notified of that change of policy and should have been included in the process. There needs to be some common sense to this. If you're going to change the dynamic of a community, you really need to have that community engaged. For instance, a community of our size, we're roughly 200,000 people. We don't have a network of NGOs that are, or, or nonprofits uh, set up that could really address this situation. So that is common for most small communities along the border. So there should be a prohibition of releasing in smaller communities. The releases should be happening in communities that have some sort of nonprofit set up to uh, address those humanitarian concerns that are, are owned by the, uh, the migrants. This is USA Radio News. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, so half of these people you're talking about reported Cheryl a near-death experience. Now, let me just introduce this with something. There is a blogger named Miguel, known as Red Pill Junkie, who, in fact, he wrote a rarely nice newsletter entry for our newsletter and he's one of a number of people who feel that you can take near-death experiences and ufo abductions and find numerous connections cheryl go ahead and talk to us about the near-death experiences well when i was investigating people interviewing i should say and listening to their stories i sort of put separated the two the ufo category and the near-death Experience, And I was particularly sensitive to them 
telling me things like that, um, like uh, other people that I was there interviewing people with weren't paying it as much attention. But I was only picking up on that really because I had had 10 years interest before I got involved in the UFO field with the International Association of Near-Death Studies and reading a lot of information about near-death experiences. So I look back now and I think, you know, I didn't get it at the time, and I don't think a lot of researchers did in the 80s. Even in the 90s, early 90s, we weren't connecting the two subjects. But now uh, it's interesting because in 2012, I established an afterlife discussion group as well, and we have a monthly meeting with that. And all types of people come along to that group. Some of them have to- talked about their own near-death experiences, and it turns out, guess what, they've also seen UFOs. So there is a connection. I'm not sure what it is, but there is a certain personality type, an encounter-prone personality type, who reports a whole bag of, of unusual experiences. For me, it started off, I was recognising that they were highly creative people. They were often artistic uh, or they got involved in the healing fields or they were extremely environmentally conscious. But the creativity was the first thing. Many years ago, we were on a um, commercial radio late at night, though, on a paranormal panel show. I pulled back out of the show, but I told the guy who took my place that I talked to him about that 95%, and it was a huge, huge percentage of people who would tell me about their sightings and close encounters, that they were highly creative. They were painters. They were singers. They were dancers sculptors one guy made samurai swords and another guy put did the ships in a bottle and did artwork and potters and all types of people and I told him that and so he tested it out on radio which by the way ran for 17 years that show so he told the the radio host and the radio host himself started asking people so what do you do in your spare time and they would say these types of things that they all these different artistic works that they would be doing and they were stunned over time. Even the radio show hosts became convinced how how this is highly predictable in nature of the types of people who come forward and report close encounters or multiple close-up UFO sightings in their life. I, I also introduced the um, idea of them having uh, to other people to having near-death experiences, and that proved true too. So it's like it was always there under our nose, but we just didn't pick it up because we weren't asking the right questions and our own minds weren't open to connecting the dots between these phenomena. Cheryl, I'm so glad that you brought this up because it's almost synchronistic because we were just talking with Tim Swartz on our our previous episode and we got talking a little bit about the same thing as well. And and I've been bringing it up kind of casually with other researchers over time. And they go, you know, come to think of it, you're right. There's a lot of people out there who, just people who are interested in the subject as well. Not necessarily experiencers, although I've seen a UFO. I've, I've also played in bands. I'm an artistic type of person. I'm definitely a creative. There's Mac Maloney out there. We've interviewed him. Just about... Everyone you talk to, like you say, has this really highly creative side to their personality. And it kind of makes you wonder, well, why? What's the connection there? 
maybe the skeptics would go, oh, well, I mean, they all have great imaginations, <laughs> you, know, so, uh, you know, but I, I don't think it's just that simple. Yeah. yeah. I've been on Tim's show and I've been on Linda Zimmerman's show too, and we've talked about this sort of thing. Uh, and, you know, I'm not the only one picking it up. I'm just surprised that people haven't picked it up earlier, <laughs> you well, know, because yeah. this has been around for a while. I've noticed it, but you have, you are actually probably the first one we've talked to who has really noticed it and even gone so far as to talk to other people on different shows and mention it and bring it out. So uh, this is really great. And go ahead and, and talk a little bit more about maybe some of these connections. Sure. Well, you know, I've been wondering, like you, what are these connections? What's happening here? Is it that they're people who are more creative and uh, are using a different part of their brain? Uh, does that somehow change the, their consciousness and does it open a link to something else that we yet to understand? You know, I'm trying to find the connection between, you know, people who are mediums, for example, and they or psychic artists. There's one here in Australia who, I mean, there's no evidence to, to back it up, but um, she does beautiful spirit art and she she can um, sketch the deceased loved ones of people who then later on give her a photo and they confirm it and she's, she's amazing how she does it. Um, but she's also picked up on extraterrestrials. So, you know, I can't prove that either way and neither can she really, but there's something going on in people's consciousness that um, somehow they tap into something. And, and I think you've got to understand that if we're talking about an advanced civilization that, you know, can fly UFOs through solid buildings, which, by the way, I've got a good story about that, um, and the understanding of the physics of the universe is way, way beyond what we understand. And when, when we say, you know, I've heard some people say, well, some of the technology that we're seeing in our world today is, you know, reverse engineered technology from crash craft and it's being put out in the public domain but not telling people it's ET. Um, that's just a small, small sample, if that is true, of what uh, extraterrestrials or some of them are capable of. We have no idea um, of their understanding of physics and how they can manipulate the fabric of reality. And if they can do that, and by the way, I have to say that I've there's a case of uh, someone who told me their near-death experience, and while they were having that experience, they saw an extraterrestrial, and she's not the only one. And the un interesting thing about her story is, um, now I know I'm just digressing here, but she was 12 when she had a near-death experience when she was in the hospital having her tonsils out and the anaesthetic uh, was incorrect and she couldn't breathe. So she left her body. She's going, following a whole long trail of people going towards a light, like a long line of people, and she's one of them. But she's also seeing a trail of people coming back from the light. And one of those, she said, oh, this poor little boy or this person, he looked all um, deformed and he was small and that. And she felt sorry for him as he was going uh, away from the light, but coming back towards her. And later on, she said that she walked into one of our UFO meetings and there was an image of a grey alien up on the screen and she said, that's exactly 
what I saw when I had my near-death experience. So what the heck is going on there? I don't know. So somehow somehow it's all linked. Um, I've heard people have out, told me they've had out-of-body experiences and they've described beings that they can only uh, say were not human. They certainly didn't look human um, and uh, they looked what they would call extraterrestrial if they had to give it a name. So something really big is going on on planet Earth, but I don't, I don't understand it um, because it is so big. We got some big announcements to make here. Then we'll be back with Cheryl, Jean, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. There's so much hand sanitizer on the market, but beware, not all hand sanitizers are created equal. That's why you want to use 2020 Safe Hand Sanitizer. You can trust the hand sanitizer on 2020safe.net to be made with the highest quality ingredients, American-made, with American ingredients, employing Americans. Log on now to 2020safe.net and order your one liter today. Normally $29.99, but reduced to $19.99. So hurry while supplies last and receive a bonus. That's right. You'll receive a 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, a $39.95 value free, by using code GCN at checkout. 
right now. Click 2020safe.net. That's 2020safe.net to get our one liter bottle of high quality hand sanitizer with your free bonus. A 30 count bottle of immune booster valued at $39.95. Remember to enter GCN at checkout and the bonus is yours free 2020safe.net. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at immunesupportnow.com. That's immunesupportnow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Cheryl is continuing here with the feeling here based on what you're saying is something big is happening. So what's happening here with the experiences that people have? Is there going to be a change? Because the thing is here is that We've had people who have had UFO and other paranormal experiences for decades, and it doesn't seem that anything ever changes. You mean on planet Earth, on the world stage, is it improving? Is that what you mean? Well, planet Earth is definitely not improving, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I'd like to just chime in a little bit with what we were talking about in the last segment. Okay, so for our listeners, we we know this is getting out on the fringe <laughs> when it comes to ufology and the paranormal. But some of this stuff is really interesting. We had Stephen Williams on as a guest uh, in in one of our previous shows, founder of Memphis Ghost Investigations and Spirit Rescue. Remember that, Gene? And he was telling exactly the same kind of story where their job was to help people who they believed were experiencing their afterlife after they die move on to the next realm because some of them just don't make it. And they describe people also this this two-way relationship between whatever that is and wherever we are. And that and they believed that they were facilitating this somehow. So I I thought that was a really interesting comment when you said that there are spirits for, you know, we don't know for sure what what they are, but whatever they are, there's this two-way relationship going on. I thought that's really interesting. Well, in the dimension, shall we say, or the realm that people might refer to as the afterlife, I think... Uh, if that exists, and we're told by some scientists who's, who um, consider that there are many different dimensions, that is it possible for extraterrestrials to travel through that realm? If we're talking about other dimensions, 
I don't know. I think that there is a realm. I mean, people people talk about astral travel and there is someone here in Australia who, who does that quite a bit and talks about it and can do it on demand. And there's another guy I know who, who does that as well who's had a huge out-of-body experience and he can um, do that at will now. Who populates or what populates those other dimensions? And, I mean, we could be, I'm not saying there's not extraterrestrial life, but we could be misinterpreting some of the encounters that people have as extraterrestrial when they may be something that we're still yet to understand. And getting back to your point about the paranormal guy who was saying similar things, I've been talking to a couple of ghost hunters here and they're saying that um, they're starting to think that they might be communicating with extraterrestrials and not dead people after all. So there seems to be... Um, oh, I'm interested in that. Yeah, there, there seems to be some sort of... Tell us more. ...light, I guess, in people's thinking about thinking outside the box that uh, what we're experiencing, yes, some of it may be extraterrestrial life, but there could be other things that we're, you know, communicating with or having experiences with. And I've heard some doozy stories over the years um, that is either not extraterrestrial or interacts with extraterrestrials. So... Yeah, I don't. <laughs> have you had any experiences of your own? I have, yes. Tell us about I, a couple of those. Sure. Well, one was um, a close encounter, actually. It was back in about 1990-91, and it was in the early hours of the morning. I had woken up. I was still in bed, but I'd woken up, and my window was about a metre from where my side of the bed, and... Uh, there was a street light outside and I saw three small beings standing next to my bed. My eyes are wide open, they're like saucers. And I was absolutely terrified and they didn't move, they just looked at me and I couldn't see their faces because they were silhouetted by the street light outside. But somehow I have this strange memory of their eyes being, you know, the large, dark wraparound eyes that people report. And I didn't sort of come to realise that I had that, you know, that uh, strange memory that, you know, their, their faces are dark, but somehow I remember their eyes. Anyway, um, I was extremely terrified and my husband, ex-husband at the time, um, he uh he suffered from sleep problems. He had insomnia and I'd just have to move a tiny little bit or breathe the wrong way and he'd be awake. Well, he didn't move at all. And um, I pulled the sheet up over my head and started saying the Lord's Prayer spontaneously. I didn't even know that I knew the Lord's Prayer fully. I'd done it, you know, learned it through Sunday school as a little kid. Um, so... And I don't even know why I did that. I didn't do it consciously. The next thing I know, it's morning. And I woke up, had no memory of the previous night until around about the middle of the day and something triggered my memory and it all came flooding back what had happened the previous night. I've had no memory of what actually happened, but I was, I mean, I was so terrified and I've never heard of anyone going to sleep while they were terrified. So I think, think something happened there, but I don't know what. And I, 
I haven't dug around in that because I remember Bud Hopkins saying, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If you get on with your getting on with your life and this experience isn't upsetting you, um, then don't even bother digging around in it because you might find something you don't like. And I thought, that's good advice. I'll just leave it right there on the shelf. You know? Yeah, do I really want to know yeah, what exactly. happened? Yeah. Uh, just a little while ago, uh, you were saying that there was this, a, a, some kind of an incident where a UFO th- flew through a solid building. Uh, and so tell us about that. Sure. There was. It was about... 96 or 97, I think it was, and um, there were two gentlemen standing outside a club uh, on the ocean front uh, on, on our Gold Coast. And um, it was in the evening. They'd gone outside to have a cigarette, and they saw this light off in the distance, and it quickly got very close to them. And it came into within, uh, I think he said, it's 50 meters, no, 100 meters from them, and it was 50 meters above the ocean. And it was huge. Like this thing was massive and silent, and it was dark. But the skin of it was um, sort of um, changing shadows. You know, it was moving. It was like an octopus changes its colors under the water, that sort of thing. But it was also faceted like a, a diamond. Anyway, it hung there for a while and they're watching it, you know, mouths opened and then it just took off. And he said that thing took off like um, like you wouldn't believe and it went straight through these multi-storey buildings which were, you know, like uh, I think a few hundred metres away and he said that thing just cut through them like butter. So it was like they weren't there. So this is where I was saying that the technology that they have is unbelievable and um, it can explain a lot of why people, you know, why these uh, crafts, for example, are there one minute and gone the next or, you know, go from horizon to horizon in two seconds flat. You know, it's just incredible. It kind, of, it, it kind of makes you wonder, though, I mean, if it if it was real, you know, like I, I'm not saying they didn't, the, the witnesses didn't see something, but one of the things that we talk about on the show is the, is the concept of what's called active camouflage, which is a technology that we're developing now that can make something look invisible or like something else through the use of projections and other kinds of technology. Now, if we're starting to do that now, let's suppose that the aliens who are, you know, that much ahead of us, they wouldn't have to be a super, you know, super advanced, maybe even only, you know, for, for at the rate our own technology is advancing, maybe even 50 or 60 years ahead of us. If they've perfected that technology, then they can make it look like that's happening, even when it's not in, in they could make their ship look like whatever it is they could make it look like it's going through buildings they could make projections that look like other craft are there that aren't there and we wouldn't know the difference we would just assume that that is something that has taken place that is that is actually a ship and somehow it's able to morph through walls and stuff but you know why would we want to jump to that conclusion if there's a simpler explanation yeah, I hear what you're saying, and um, I think that's a possibility. You know what? We question. have other possibilities, folks, and we'll continue with them. Cheryl Gottschall and Gene and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. 
Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Want to dominate the stock market in 2021? Looking for higher profit potential? With the COVID vaccines, a shifting political landscape, and a new year, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how. Make 2021 your year. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance and maximize your gains. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411. Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Cheryl, as you know, when we have to break, we have to break. And there's no way around it. Go ahead with what you were going to talk about after Randall had discussed something with you. We, we were talking about the, the idea that oh, yeah. that these craft or these the aliens may have the technology which we call active camouflage which is the ability to not only cloak but to make their craft perhaps even themselves if they've got suits and uh, our own military is investigating this possibility we've seen examples of fabric that that uh, can change and morph it, its imagery to blend in with the backgrounds. And so if they've got that kind of technology, they can do all of these things that people have been assuming are other dimensions or very, very highly exotic technology that can actually morph through walls and such. Yes. And I was going to say the, the bigger question for me is, sure, there's a possibility they can do that. But then why show up in the first place? You know, why are they in our atmosphere and people being able to report them if they can camouflage themselves? Why do that? Why make themselves known? Uh, what's the point of that? 
That is a super good question, isn't it? Well, we were talking about that not long ago with Martin Willis and his point of view. And he does podcast UFO here. Uh, another person who's very interested in the subject. And he said one of his people that he was talking to was told that we're like an experiment for them. I think he used the word Petri dish. And that's probably an exaggeration because we're pretty intelligent. We're not bacteria. But, you know, maybe they're playing with our minds. And it seems to be the case because of this theatrical nature where you're absolutely right. If they didn't want us to know they're here, we'd have no idea. Yes, exactly. So, so, so go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> we'll get on the same wavelength eventually. Yes, well, you know, we could be bacteria to ETs. You know, we're, we're, so, we're so full of ourselves, aren't we? Oh, gosh, there's so many things to say. I can't even, don't even know where to start with that. Um, well, just the idea that they're studying us. Like, like yeah. one of the things that, that, you know, we hear from time to time is that, well, maybe – to them, we're just like the other wildlife, only we're doing all of this stuff that humans do, building cities and roads, and, and we have some technology. And But otherwise, we're not, to them, that different. And so, just like we go out and we study other animals and we give them various stimulus to, to see how they react so that we can gauge how intelligent they are and how they think, maybe they're doing the same thing. Yeah, I, I think that's highly likely. And uh, a lot of people have proposed the idea that um, they're here for the advancement of humanity. Maybe some were in the past, but I don't think they particularly were um, or have been of late. Um, I think we're sort of left on our own to figure things out for ourselves. But they certainly gave us warnings. But um, while they were here, what doing whatever it is that they do because, you know, there would be, uh, let's call them extraterrestrials who are scientists and explorers and they're here for their own, you know, their own experience, their own knowledge, fact-finding, you know. And, yeah, we could certainly be experimented on and studied and uh, watched from, you know, decade to decade or century to century uh, because I've got to, you've got to wonder – like we were just having this conversation with a few colleagues recently that during the 1990s, the numbers of people reporting close encounters was off the charts all around the world. And in 1997, we topped out at 800 reports just in one year. Um, they weren't all close encounters, but a lot of them were. Um, but there were a lot of good sightings that were up close and personal. And so there, so there could have been close encounters involved there, but, you know, people just hadn't become aware of it. So, you know, what was that about? What went on through that 10-year period? Were they here studying us, taking samples? Um, and what were they doing with it, you know? What was really going on? And where have they gone now? Um, in Australia, I don't know what's happening in the US, although I think I got the MUFON newsletter saying that there was an increase in reports, which I find interesting. Um, in Australia, the numbers have really dropped off for what people are, you know, the good reports that are full of information. What we're getting a lot now is people taking photos on their smartphones and we're getting, you know, images sent to us, which are black 
black screens with a white dot on it and say, what is this? Well, we don't know. So the, diff- the quality of um, reports that's coming in is, is much different now and I think it's far more misinterpretation than ever uh, or wishful thinking. So, um, you know, have they gone to somewhere else on the planet? Is that worldwide? And um, what happened What happened during that 90s when we had this influx of huge amount of reports? You know, and, and have they gone on to study someone, some some other planet now? Well, that's a really good point. And if they're these sort of galactic overlords that go around maybe helping life or see, even seeding life on, on worlds, and then they, they take off and come, maybe they come back again and uh, check on us every now and then. And that's why we get these waves of sightings and uh there's also the idea that well they don't just completely abandon us they maybe leave a base here and so we've heard lots of stories about ufos that are in the water um Mm. you know unidentified submerged objects even this nimitz case that they're talking about in in out of the united states that it happened some number of years ago but it involved these underwater craft and we've heard of quite a few of those down in your part of the world. Have have you um, gotten any reports down there that you can share with us about yeah. underwater UFOs? Sure. Um, there's been a f- we've received a few um, out of our oceans, particularly around an area called Redcliffe in Brisbane, uh, which actually isn't. I don't think it is part of Brisbane. It's on the outskirts, and um, where people, which is a sort of a a place, it's not like our beautiful Gold Coast, but it's it's an ocean area where people go for picnics and things like that. And um, people have reported seeing craft come up out of the water. Uh, and they've also seen them around the – we've got a couple of islands off the coast here of Queensland too. So they've seen them, um, you know, come, leaving the islands, that sort of thing, um, but definitely seeing them come out of water. And I, I seem to remember soon after the disclosure project, what was that, 2001, um, here in Australia we had uh, a researcher spearheaded uh, by the name of Keith Basterfield who spearheaded the Disclosure Australia project, and he went through all the uh, National Archives trying to pull out as many documents as he could on UFOs, and he used to put out a newsletter with what he was finding and one always stuck in my mind, and I may have some of these details incorrect, but um, there was one report of, uh, I think it was, there was a ship off the north coast of uh, Queensland uh, going towards Papua New Guinea, I think it was, and the people on deck, they saw this large object underwater which was emitting a yellow light uh, obviously, this was a, I think it was a military ship, and the object, the light itself, whether it was coming off an, ob- an object or not, it was some incredible, incredible amount of length, like a kilometre long or something like this. And this ship had been following it, and I think uh, they couldn't keep up with it, and they lost sight of it. But it was on their radar. Uh, so yeah, the, we do have those reports. There's also off Sydney. Uh, there's a place down there where during the late 90s there were a lot of um, was a lot of activity and people were seeing things coming out of the water as well. 
So, yeah, I I think it, it probably happens everywhere. We'll get back into more descriptions of objects from beneath the sea or the lake or whatever with Cheryl, Jean, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800-503-8625. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I help thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. You hear the headlines. You know health insurance is a real mess right now. Premiums have skyrocketed, and in most cases, you're stuck with your plan until open enrollment. But there's a government rule that allows you to qualify for lower health insurance rates if your life has changed. That means if you've changed jobs, if you're having a child, if you're getting married, if you're getting divorced, even if you run a small business or you're self-employed, this law may qualify you to get lower health insurance rates. Call the health insurance hotline today learn how this 10-minute call can help you get lower health insurance rates this is a free service to help consumers learn the laws to help them qualify for lower health insurance rates so call right now to learn more 800-670-0946 800-670-0946 call 800-670-0946 800-670-0946 Do you want to give you and your loved ones premium nutrition right now? Hi, 
I'm Jamel Bookaboo from TeamG'day.com and the GCN Longevity Health Team. Get your premium nutrition formulated by world-renowned naturopathic doctor, Dr. Joel Wallach at Wholesale, or also become a distributor and earn income while supporting this broadcast. Go to TeamG'day.com via the shopping cart or contact form, and I'll get back to you with support personally. That's TeamG'day.com with Longevity. TeamG'day.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We continue as we look at the underwater UFOs. I mean, whenever we look at this, there's always the consideration that if aliens are setting up shop here, they would set up a base under the sea, so it would be more difficult to find them. Yeah, and I think that's a smart move too. And their technology can probably go into much deeper water than than our own, of course, but... You know, there could be spaceships in Marianas Trench and places like that. It's a great place to hide, that's for sure. And who knows what's going on down there. Do, do you remember the, the, the approximate year of the um, Papua New Guinea? Uh, is- oh, um, well, no, I don't actually. I'd have to go and look that up, sorry. Oh, that's okay. I, I mean, because it just tweaked my memory about the one that happened there back in uh, 1959. The Father Gill case. Oh, yes, yes. Which, that, which was super, you know, the, I mean, it just made me wonder, well, I wonder if they're connected, but. That was incredible. We've got the records for that, and it's just incredible what happened there. Imagine imagine a spaceship hovering over a boys' mission in Papua New Guinea, and the priest comes out as well. He sees, I think there were ended up being about 38 witnesses to that, and a spaceship, one particular spaceship was hovering low. There were others around it as well, but this one was close enough for them to see four humanoids come out onto the, the top of it, and one of the boys on the beach waved, and one of the humanoids yeah. waved back. Yeah. I mean, yeah. put yourself in that situation. I would have just <sighs> felt fallen down on the sand, you know, like, what? And they, then they started to beckon for them to come down and land, and they didn't, of course. No, And then they took off. But there were many, many sightings around that particular time over Papua New Guinea. And I believe that one was investigated by J. Allen Hynek from QFOS and who was also involved with Project Blue Book. And from what I recall, he, he believed that the story was genuine. And that's a really interesting case. Uh, the, the idea that you've got these humanoids, uh, this is something... And this is a completely other tangent, but it's kind of connected in that we had Dr. Michael Masters on, and he was talking about the possibility that they're time travelers from the future, and that's why they look so human, because essentially they are humans. The similarities he feels from an anthropological perspective, there's just too many to to ignore the likelihood that they are either humans or they are our uh, descendants in the future. What do you think of that idea, the, the whole time travel thing? Yeah, I think that's possible too. I do think that um, from what people are reporting that, yes, they report very human-looking. Uh, some of the extraterrestrials are very human-looking. 
Um, but there's such a wide variety that they report too, and they certainly could be time travellers. But I just wanted to make the point too, you know, that during the 1990s, sorry for harping on that decade, but we were hearing in Australia, we were getting a lot of information of the types of beings that were involved in the alien abduction experiences. Uh, and we were, we were hearing that, that most, a lot of them were the grey beings and they were involved in all types of encounters too, not just abduction experiences but, you know, um, close-up experiences. But here in Australia, at least in our organisation, we were getting a very wide variety of reports and this is some, one of the differences that I noticed that while the grey alien persona was very popular coming out of the United States from what we could tell, in Australia it was quite different and people were reporting, you know, blue-coloured beings uh, or beings with dolphin skin, um, um, beings that look more human just different types of beings. I remember one, I didn't really know what to do, what to make of it, but as one gentleman said, uh, I saw this being that had extremely large ears, extremely large ears. Uh, and so, you know, there was such a wide variety, and this was a great difference that I noticed between Australia and the US. Hmm. And, okay. And so then I guess that leads us to assume that either we've got a bunch of different races of, of alien beings, wherever they come from, uh, they might all come from the same planet. Maybe they all evolved in the same place or on maybe a, in a star, the same star system, or maybe they come from all over different places. But to me, that seems a little bit less likely. Or maybe, again, we're dealing with one phenomena that is able to take whatever shape and form it wants depending on the situation well i think that there's a possibility that some of that's going on um i don't know whether it's one phenomenon or maybe we're mish mishmashing it into one phenomenon um but uh i do think that extraterrestrials um in general who are way advanced to us uh, who were involved in, say, the close encounter reports, are master mental manipulators. And I think that could go back to what you were suggesting before, that maybe um, not just that they could use this active camouflage, but maybe they're putting these images into our own minds. Uh, so exactly. that we, I, yes, yeah. I, I, complete, I completely hear you. I mean, I've thought of that kind of casually from time to time, like – Okay, you know, I'm I'm more of a science technology nuts and bolts. How could it be done? Well, I could see how it could be done that way. When when you get into the this idea of mind manipulation, it, it becomes a little bit more kind of out there. And yet, we, I mean, we've seen this portrayed in in sci-fi on Star Trek, for example, where Captain Christopher Pike he's captured and he's and the aliens are able to put images into the minds of their captors that make them believe that they're in completely other different places and seeing completely different things and and that's maybe that is what's going on because we hear about people talking and hearing, hearing the aliens talking to them telepathically. 
That's really common. And and so if you can go that far, and, and I think telepathy seems to be a real phenomenon. People do seem to get this, this it, at least a feeling a lot of times, especially if you've if been in a relationship or if you're a parent, it's like you've got a connection. You know what happens. But the but the people who have experienced UFO encounters often hear direct voices right in their head. Well, if these aliens can put sounds into our head, you're absolutely right. How do we know they're not also putting pictures in our head? How do we know any of it actually happened anywhere else but inside our head? Before we get into Cheryl's answer, because it's an interesting one, what if the experiences that people have about UFOs are in their head? But that even takes us to collective unconscious, which, of course, is a theory that was echoed by our semi-regular guest, David Halper, an old friend of mine, a religious scholar. So it's something that could be explored, but we want Cheryl's feeling on this in our next segment with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As Dr. Wallach says, we all have nutrient deficiencies in our diets and must supplement with 90 essential nutrients in proper balances. At no cost or obligation, Get a personal certified holistic health coach to help you develop a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL-90. That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL-90. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. President Biden has approved a federal disaster declaration for the state of Texas, getting some much-needed help to that state as it recovers from one of the worst winter storms to hit it in years. According to a statement from the White House, the declaration will provide assistance to individuals who sustained losses due to disasters and offers to help repair public facilities and infrastructure. Texas Governor Greg Abbott thanked the president for the declaration, calling it a good first step. In a release, the governor said that the president's order only provides assistance for 77 of the state's 254 counties. And the Justice Department says a 95-year-old Tennessee man has been deported to Germany to face charges for his role in the Holocaust. In a statement, the department said Friedrich Karlberger was ordered out of the country after a February 2020 trial where he allegedly admitted to guarding prisoners at the Noangami concentration camp in Germany in 1945. Berger becomes the 70th Nazi removed from the United States, having been deported earlier this weekend. This is USA Radio News. Former President Trump will make his first public appearance since leaving office next week. Val Dior has the details from the USA Radio News Texas Bureau. The former president will address the Conservative Political Action Conference, or CPAC, in Florida next week. He'll speak about the future of the Republican Party and the conservative movement. CPAC is in Orlando, Florida, this year from February 25 to 28. It's his first major public appearance since he left the White House, and it's said he'll take on President Biden's immigration policies as well 
well, which are proving to be the polar opposite of the Trump administration. From the USA Radio News Texas Bureau, I'm Val Dior. And President Biden will hold his first bilateral meeting with Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau next week. The two leaders are expected to discuss the coronavirus pandemic, economic issues, and climate change during the virtual meetings. President Biden's cabinet is also expected to meet with Canadian ministers to discuss an array of issues. This is USA Radio News. There's so much hand sanitizer on the market, but beware. Not all hand sanitizers are created equal. That's why you want to use 2020 Safe Hand Sanitizer. You can trust the hand sanitizer on 2020safe.net to be made with the highest quality ingredients. American made with American ingredients employing Americans. Log on now to 2020safe.net and order your one liter today. Normally $29.99, but reduced to $19.99. So hurry while supplies last and receive a bonus. That's right. You'll receive a 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, a $39.95 value, free, by using code GCN at checkout. Right now, click 2020safe.net. That's 2020safe.net to get our one-liter bottle of high-quality hand sanitizer with your free bonus. A 30-count bottle of Immune Booster, valued at $39.95. Remember to enter GCN at checkout. And the bonus is yours, free, 2020safe.net. Hi, this is James Fox. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So, Cheryl Gottschall, what do you think? Do you think it's possible that we're being manipulated and that what we see or experience is all in our heads? I don't think it's all in our heads because we have evidence from ground trace cases to show that there is a physical aspect to uh, the UFO uh, phenomenon. But um, I've had many, many people contact me and say that before they had their sighting, they might have been in their house or um, just relaxing somewhere else and they get prompted to go outside and look up at the sky. And you've got to ask, and that's when they'll see a UFO. Why do that? Why prompt people? And let's, let's just, you know, suggest that um, this is true, that it actually happens. Why are they being prompted to go outside and see the UFOs, number one? Then there are the cases where people report aliens are touching their head, and as soon as they touch their head, uh, the feel if they're frightened or feelings of calm or love are being sent to them or through their body, particularly in the cl- case of close encounters taken on board a craft and they may have some sort of um, samples taken from them. Feelings of love emanate from them. Why? What, you know, we know between humans things have to happen for us to feel love for someone else unless it's an unconditional universal love. But on that sort of scale, like, why would you love, suddenly love someone who's taken you out of your house and put you on board a spaceship? Uh, what's that about? Pacification. You know, yes, exactly. You yeah, I, I think it's true. But so. We often tend to go kind of outside when we talk about love and spirituality as if it's something that is disconnected from our physiology, but really. If you ask a neuroscientist, well, it's it's really not. Uh, there's a, when we have these feelings, there's very, very uh, 
direct correlations with biochemistry and neural states. So if they're able to manipulate those, and we have done some of that ourselves. I mean, you might have heard of the work of uh, Dr. Michael Persinger, uh, unfortunately no longer with us, who used uh, EM waves to stimulate different parts of uh, subjects' brains, and they got these feelings. Some of them even saw what would be described as a classic apparition while this was taking place. So if we've got the technology to kind of do this, and what if they've perfected it again? We might be experiencing things more inside our consciousness than what's out there in in the objective world. But but I have to agree with you too because you did say trace evidence. I mean, how is a how is an illusion supposed to show up on radar? You know, like. Yeah. So so it's yeah. not so the skeptics, in other words, the skeptics can't just say, oh, well, if it's all in their heads, well, maybe it's the whole thing is right. If there there are no aliens. It's just all in people's heads. Well, uh, no, there is something causing it. There's some external thing. And that's what we're calling the aliens in this case. They're doing this. They're making people have these experiences. Yeah, yeah. And I think while they're doing that, they're also utilising our own faculties too. For example, like I've had a couple of uh, one profound out-of-body experience. We have the ability to do these things, but they often happen spontaneously in strange, weird circumstances, which is completely in an unexpected way. But if extraterrestrials have been studying us, they must understand our faculties a lot better than what we do so they can utilize those faculties too um and who knows what our own human faculties uh, are their parameters to it too so there's a you know there's a whole lot of a whole lot of stuff in that bag there i think definitely or and here's something else too that because we talk about this on our forum we have the paracast community forums and so we get some interesting Proposals, you know, concepts we, that kind of challenge the status quo, like the, the idea that, well, they're so far advanced from us, they must know everything uh, and that it would take us forever to catch up. But then, you know, someone will say, like um, Marduk, for example, I think he proposed this. He, that's his handle in the forums. Uh, goes by Jason when uh, he's on with us on the roundtable discussions. But, I mean... We got into thinking, well, maybe they really don't know as much as we assume they do. Because we are humans. We've evolved here. We, are, we know ourselves really, really well. We understand our psychology really well. We know that we have this thing called consciousness. For all we know, the aliens don't really even have a consciousness. And they're wondering what it is that we're talking about. And that's why they're studying us, trying to figure it out. Yeah, but there's a possibility that while they've been studying us, they've discovered things about us that we didn't know about ourselves too. Well, that that's, could be the case because of their technology too, because they do seem to be able to do things that are beyond our means right now technologically with their ships and stuff. And yet, as Gene has pointed out and others as well, when it comes to getting us on an examination table, it seems like they're using implements that by even our own standards – would be considered almost medieval, you know, like like drills and probes and and you know metal and it, now 
I mean, we've got technology now where a doctor in another part of the country can operate robotically on a patient in another part of the country. And and we've got MRIs, which can see inside. You don't have to do this this sort of, you know, exploratory surgery to see what's going on anymore. So, you know, if that's the case, you would think that these aliens would be able to just scan us with their scanning beam and know everything that there is to know. And and that would be that. And yet that's not what seems to happen. Yes, but um, let me put that in there, that perhaps they are doing some things from a distance now, and that's why we're not... Um, that's why there's, at least from what I can see, not as many sightings um, close up and personal uh, as we used to see or that quality of sighting has changed. Maybe they're doing things differently. Maybe they're still doing uh, experiments on us, but they're doing it in a different way because their own technology would advance as well. Right, but aren't we assuming here a technology from the 1910s as opposed to any recent technology. And if we have this race of people from another star system, and they are maybe a couple of hundred, a couple of thousand years ahead of us, we think their medical science would have progressed to the point where they can do a full examination of someone or something without people even knowing it. They want to get our DNA, they can do it in a way that we would have no memory of it. But the fact that we do may indicate, therefore, that the experience is not nearly what we expect that it is. Also, it seems that UFO technology is always a few steps ahead of us. Wherever we go, it's a few steps ahead. Look at the 1897 airships. Yes, yeah. There could be, um, yeah, I think that's true too. I think that some of the extraterrestrials coming here and interacting with humans may not be as far advanced as what we think because out there in the cosmos there's got to be races at all different levels of uh, development. So, you know, some of them would be coming here with older technology, some with much more advanced technology, some would think, well, why do we even want to go there? You know, why bother? So we probably never even see those. You know what? We're going to break. We're going to break here, and then I'm going to bring up that issue. We talked about Stargate SG-1 earlier, where the main villain, at least for the early seasons, was a race of scavengers who took technology left by an advanced ancient race that had ascended to a higher level. They took that technology and exploited that technology. And would ET have been a race of beings that? took technology from a race that had departed their planet and exploited it, but in other ways, they're not so far advanced. More to come with Gene Randall and Cheryl. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code 
legendary to cash in on the special deal at namecheap.com namecheap.com first came attack of the rockoids and it was a critically acclaimed success and now there's the coming of the protectors a former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the earth this is gripping science fiction of the classic kind attack of the rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s dot com have you ever thought about turning your glock xd family or 1911 handgun into a semi-automatic carbine it only takes about 30 seconds the mac tech carbine upper is classified as an accessory and can be delivered right to your doorstep with no ffl or background check required it's the world's most versatile pistol accessory build your custom upper today simply go to handgunconversion.com that's handgunconversion.com Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. The old way of living with diabetes is a pain. You've got to remember to do your testing, and you always need to be sticking your fingers. The new way to live your life with diabetes is with a continuous glucose monitor. You simply apply a discreet, easy-to-use sensor on your body, and it continuously monitors your glucose levels, helping you spend more time in range and freeing you from painful finger pricks. If you test your blood sugar at least four times per day and inject insulin at least three times per day or use an insulin pump and have private insurance or medical care, you might be eligible for a CGM with little or no cost to you. Call U.S. Medical Supply today for a free benefits check. We offer free shipping, 90-day supplies, and we bill Medicare or your insurance directly. Call now and say goodbye to finger pricks. 800-880-1896. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Hi, this is Nick Pope. You're listening to the Paracast. So that puts up two possibilities, Cheryl Gotchell. One, that the extraterrestrials or the ones visiting us, or some of them, are using a technology left by other races, or that 
after building warp drive or whatever they used to get here, their technology floundered. What say you? Hmm, yes, that's true. Actually, I don't really know what to say about that because, um, you know, it's really hard to think about those sorts of possibilities when we don't, when we are where we are in our own understanding. I want to hear what Randall's got to say about that. Actually, I'm going to put it back on him. Throw him under oh, the bus. Oh, oh, great. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Here, I was just like, what are you guys talking about? Uh, <laughs> oh, hmm. I'm, I'm not really sure of the direction there, Gene. Like, like, what are you saying exactly? Can you restate that question or rephrase it a little bit? Me? And, well, the question yes. I asked or the comment I asked was whether two possibilities here. Maybe the aliens visiting us are using or reusing technology left by another race. They're scavengers, so where they take over something and they're using it, but otherwise they are not so far advanced, or they developed some okay. sort of okay. method right. to travel from star system to star system. Okay, but okay. otherwise they're not so far advanced. Yeah. All right. Yeah. One of the things that ufologists do, and it drives some people in the field nuts and, and but for other people it's a lot of fun and that's to speculate about what the possibilities might be because we still don't know for sure exactly what's going on and you might be right gene and this is something we talked about before as well on the forums is that well maybe these aliens aren't really as smart as everybody thinks they are. They just kind of accidentally discovered anti-gravity somehow, or maybe, as you suggest, you know, it unearthed it in, on some dig on their own world, and they, they don't really know how it works. They just know kind of how to copy it and fly around. And so when you've got something as powerful as anti-gravity and just a little bit of technology, so even as good as ours, you could make these ships, but really not be all that knowledgeable about exactly what's going on in the universe. So we might even be smarter than they are. Uh, they may not even have things like microchips. When you, when you think about a microchip today, we're talking about billions of transistors on something this, you know, the size of a fingernail. This is incredible technology that we've got now. And for all we know, they have nothing like it at all. Theirs may work completely different than ours. The trick to anti-gravity might be something relatively simple that we've just overlooked. And once we figure it out, we'll be going, oh, my God, I can't believe we didn't think of that sooner. I, th I think, too, we have to remember that we developed our technology for us, for human beings. And being a human, creating something for humans um, gives you a, an advantage because, you know, you're living in this skin. We understand ourselves, like you said before, Randall. Um, and so we, you know, we, we may not be advanced in some areas in our science, but when it comes to perhaps performing things on human anatomy or something like that, then we may actually understand that a little bit better than some extraterrestrials. Oh, yeah, good point. I mean, say, imagine we get to the point where we are out 
uh, traveling amongst the stars and we discover some other civilization and maybe they're less advanced than we are, that doesn't mean that we would necessarily be able to go down and perform an operation on them and cure, cure them. We would need to do all kinds of studies to figure out what their biology is about. And it, it would take a long time before we would become as adept, perhaps, as even they are in their own society dealing with their own lives and world. Well, the other thing, of course, is say that just as we may have a crashed spaceship at Roswell, and we figure a way to make some repairs. And so we try to fly the thing. And of course, that takes us to the plot line of Independence Day, where the so-called spaceship at Area 51 in the movie they managed to make it fly. So they're able to fly this, and maybe they're able to duplicate the construction of these things. But that doesn't mean the technology is beyond that. They have this here, an example of technology that they could use or maybe duplicate to some degree without fully understanding what they're doing, but doesn't mean they're more advanced than that. Then again, when you look at so-called alien visitors, they appear to be humanoid and you think that in many ways they're similar enough to us that their medical science would understand a lot about us before they do the tests you know um, you've just prompted my memory gene in that um i remember years ago i heard paula harris say something like um that um we we had reverse engineered spaceships, built certain technologies, but we couldn't make it work because it needed extraterrestrial DNA to activate it. And that goes back to the sci-fi, doesn't it, the science fiction. And that was one of the sci-fi series in Stargate. Uh, Well, in Stargate, it's that Colonel or then General O'Neill, spoiler, had the ancient gene and thus was able to power these advanced spaceships. So it was reading your genetic code. And if you had the right genetic code, you're in. If you don't have the right genetic code, forget about it. Yes. And I remember Paula, Paula also saying something like that the military was aware of certain people who had that DNA who were human living on Earth, uh, and they would actually recruit them to get into the military um, at a young age, so then later on they could be utilized in somehow being involved with the technology. Well, that would also raise the possibility here, and it gets to the ancient astronaut theory, that we were seeded by ET hundreds of centuries ago, whatever. We were seeded by ET, and they've watched our progress. And we are based on a hybrid of their DNA and the DNA of the locals, whatever they might be, Neanderthals or whatever. And that, therefore, we do have, at least some of us have the alien gene and we could use it. Maybe all of us do if we knew what to do with it. That could be a possibility as to the, um, I guess, the selection, if you want to say it that way, of family lines in the alien abduction experiences. Well, that's assuming that the abduction experience is as we say. The thing I wonder about, though, is why are there so many of them? I mean, you think if it's just getting DNA, they could do that without 
having to grab a whole bunch of people. They could get enough samples to get a pretty good idea about our DNA. If they're trying to build a hybrid race or fix a problem with their own genetic code, which brings us back to the possibility that our visitors are time travelers in the future trying to fix this, they would be able to do it without having to do it on a mass scale. And some claim that thousands, hundreds of thousands, or millions of people around the world have been abducted by aliens. You think that they're just grabbing people out of their bedrooms day and night. Yeah, yeah, and there's a heck of a lot of those reports. Um, and it did make me wonder, I had the same questions myself um, in the past, and I wondered, well, this is, isn't really, um, uh, this is more than just experimentation. This is maybe farming or harvesting or something like that that was going on. Perhaps there's some, or, or uh, insertion, which has some sort of long-term gain, like you said, where they're, time travelers and they're coming back to perhaps um you know change the dna for a positive or depending on their gender for their negative i don't know they want to undo the damage but that of course takes us to the one possibility of time travel and we talked about it by the way a little bit with tim swartz because he did a time travel book and that is that we have this block universe theory where everything is as it was meant to be and therefore, there is no way time travelers can go back in the past and change anything. They will simply do what they were supposed to do. I'll, of course, then we get into, into the argument of free will and everything. Or we have the other theory that every time they make a change, it starts a new time frame or a new timeline. And therefore, there are many, many versions of us. Sad to say, there are, are other Gene Steinbergs on Earth 69 and Earth 400, and that must be a pretty frightening experience. Not so much with J. Randall Murphy or Cheryl Gotchell, but, you know, with me, it just must be a terrible thing. Imagine somebody on Earth 74 saying, oh, my God, that guy. More to come with Gene Randall and Cheryl. You're in the Paracast. For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. Hey, folks, Tom D for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. 
people who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual, and this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So therefore, we think of why have so many abductions, Cheryl Gottschall, or is the abduction experience at all what we think it is? Yes, and that's a very good question, actually. Um, I don't know if you're familiar familiar with the um, Kelly Carhill case in Australia. It occurred, I think it was oh, it was in the 90s sometime, I can't remember the year, maybe 93, and she was uh, driving with her husband late at night near the Dandenong Ranges in Victoria, coming back from visiting a friend, and they saw this light ahead of them, uh, and they kept driving, and then it, they saw a light in the field off the side of the road, and they pulled over, and it was a UFO. It was a landed spaceship. I'm going to say UFO. It was a spaceship. And another car pulled up about 100 metres behind them, and so there was a second lot of witnesses, and there was actually a third witness who pulled up another 50 metres up behind the second car. And Kelly and her husband got out of the car, and they were watching the object and a light came down underneath it which came down to the ground and a being came out of it and then there were more beings appeared behind it and they had red eyes and they had sort of long skinny dark bodies and and red humanoid shape but red eyes and they were glowing and they sort of split into two groups and one group came towards Kelly another group went to the car behind them and as soon as they started coming towards them she yelled out spontaneously they have no souls and she didn't know why she said it it's not the first time I've heard people say that and so somehow some of these beings may somehow be involved or have an interest in our non-physical self. What, I don't know, or why, I don't know. But I've heard various cases over the years, handfuls of them, where, uh, and there's a well-known case with Susie Hansen in New Zealand who's written a book about the dual-soul connection. So there may be a certain group of extraterrestrials who are very interested in the part of us that a lot of Westerners uh, reject that we actually have a soul. Some different things to unpack there. That that is that's really interesting in and of itself. The, the idea about souls and it, it sort of brings back the idea I had mentioned earlier that maybe 
they don't have like the soul and consciousness are almost synonymous and that maybe that's what they're trying to figure out what it is that we've got this extra thing that we have that is what it's like to live in the world we don't know if a computer has got any experience of what it does so things could be super intelligent but just have no idea what it's like to be in the world but we do so yeah. you, that could be something. The Kelly Cahill case itself is kind of interesting because I think it came up on an episode of The X-Files once it was mentioned. And some and other people have dug into it, of course. And, and Bill Chalker, I mean, there are people that say the whole thing is a hoax, okay? And that nobody's been able to even really find the initial report. Now, have you ever heard of this group called... Phenomena Research Australia? Yes, yeah. It's uh, not active now, but John Ocatel was uh, part of that group, yeah. Okay, because apparently the report went into their group and never came out, and nobody, according to the articles that, that I've read, and so you might be able to help sort this out, nobody's actually seen their original report that they submitted to that that organization. Is Is that true, or have you seen this report, or...? I haven't seen the report myself. I believe there was something involved with because Kelly soon after after decided to write a book, and I think that was somehow handcuffed the PRA team in releasing information publicly. And Kelly did write her book, and uh, it's a good book, very interesting. But we hosted Kelly in Brisbane at a conference in 96 or 97, and she's actually on the UFO Research Queensland YouTube channel, um, we've we've put it up there for the public to to hear it firsthand because, you know, it's nothing like hearing things from the uh, the person involved themselves. Interesting. Okay, so uh, you know that might explain okay why they didn't want the report to be released. Is it's like okay, so this is a personal report. We don't want just everybody to see this. I'm writing a book. That could explain it, but but at least to private researchers, I think people should have access. I mean, they should have access to it. It doesn't mean that they'll get it. I'm just but, not sure of the stipulations that Kelly put on them. Right. That, that's interesting that she put them on herself then, and that could potentially explain that objection to the story. But in your experience with her, you believe that she had a real experience and that she herself has has never said, no, I just made this up so that I could tell a story or write a book. You, you believe that this is a genuine case. I do. And I met Kelly. She, I've met her a few times, actually. Um, we were running a close encounter group. It was actually in my home many years ago. We started the first one here in Brisbane in 1992 after Bud Hopkins had been here. And when he left, people came out of the woodwork with all, with their close encounters. So we had a, um, a meeting here one night with about 15 people and Kelly had heard about it. And so she was here for an antique affair and came to it as well. And um, she something really had rattled her. I believed what she said. What she was struggling with at the time was, um, you know, she felt she was being passed from researcher to researcher to researcher and getting a bad deal from the UFO research community. Mm. But um, I certainly felt that what she was saying was she believed it to be true. I don't doubt that she saw something. I mean, the whole experience uh, caused her marriage to break up. 
Kelly was a very, a, quite a religious person. It sort of turned her world upside down. That something out of that sort of shattered her reality and, and I guess made her question even her own beliefs in God at the time uh, about, you know, wow, if this has happened, then, you know, do I believe what's written in the Bible in my own beliefs, those sorts of things. Um, I can't speak for her exactly, but I, having known what she, a bit what she was like, unfortunately, after Kelly uh, wrote her book, she just seemed to disappear I had heard at one stage that she went moved to Bali and then I heard that she moved back here and but she wasn't letting anyone know where she was and so she's just disappeared off the radar as far as I'm aware. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, interesting case. Yeah, and it would be nice to go back after all these years and talk to her to get her perspective on her experience now that she's had time to integrate it and how it's changed her life because these things are life-changing for people. And this is what makes me think that they are real experiences because people don't have profound inner shifts from hallucinations. It doesn't happen like that. Um, And I've seen the changes that are brought on by people who report close encounters. Afterwards, there's a, you know, they have very much like people who have near-death experiences. They have less interest in the material world and making money and, um, you know, they're they're less uh, caring about what other people think of them. Um, Their values shift. There's a tendency towards becoming vegetarians, which is interesting. They become more socially conscious and spiritually engaged. And these are great, you know, and these are permanent shifts in their life. They are they are changed by their experiences, and this is what makes me think that it's not in their head. Well, you know, and wouldn't all those just be great reasons not to go into disclosure? Because when, I mean, really, oh, well, we don't want people to, to be so materialistic and, and you know, value the capitalist system as much, and we, and there's, we're also basically reduced to sort of this third world planet out here in the in the galactic backwaters, and and uh, it's not a fourth grade, it's not, it's a third grade, third, it's a third world planet. Third okay, world. Earth, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, Earth is a third world planet. It's you know just just hasn't gone anywhere. And we're not doing anything. ET needs to come here and really help us, not just say they can't. More to come with Cheryl, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
The stress levels of Americans may be at an all-time high. From education to business to basic needs to politics, the 2020 pandemic-related stressors are pushing many of us to near breaking point. That's why you should consider the stress and pain-relieving products from sunny-bay.com, like our lavender neck wraps and pads infused with premium Washington lavender buds. They relieve tension and relax with a soothing scent of lavender. And lifestyle expert Jennifer Bonner recommends products from Sunny Bay. Sunny Bay's hands-free neck wrap should be your go-to pain relief solution. Give gifts to family and friends that relieve stress and pain. Give love and care by giving the best. Give pillows, neck wraps, and body wraps from sunny-bay.com, a Biomed DB design company. Just click sunny-bay.com. That's sunny-bay.com. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Attention real estate investors. Do you need cash immediately? If you own one or multiple rental properties, you can use your equity to get cash out fast. The best part is we don't need tax returns or even a good credit score. At America's Loan Source, we are not a bank and we don't have bank rules. We make the decisions to loan you money and there's no limit how much we can give you. Some clients have gotten as much as $500,000 or more within days. Use the money any way you you want if you own one rental property or a hundred and COVID has left you in a cash crunch we can help you turn your equity into fast cash call now for details and close in as little as 10 days and get the cash you need 800-507-6553-800-507-6553 that's 800-507-6553 You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Of course, Cheryl, I wonder that if E.T. has this great message to us, we need to straighten up and fly right. We need to get our acts together. The same warning that Klaatu gave the people of Earth in Nay, the Earth stood still. Of course, his warning was colored with the stick approach. Well, you get your act together, guys, or we will take care of you. We'll destroy you in the interests of galactic peace. They don't necessarily say that. But you think here, if E.T. really wanted us to straighten things out, get our acts together, they could enforce that 
without having a bunch of scattered people, most of whom are not really very well known and don't have a lot of influence, claiming contacts, if they got to the right people or just staged a mass landing and be done with it, this current technique isn't working very well. I don't think all of them uh, want us to step up. I don't think that's on everyone's agenda. Maybe just some of them, and it may be those coming from those who may be our galactic relatives and are interested in what happens on Earth because this may be the home world. Because you've got to wonder where did some of the civilizations on Earth disappear to out of the blue? So, you know, and when you have a kinship to someone, you have a connection and you actually do care about what happens. We do care about the welfare to a degree. So maybe it's our um, galactic relatives are the, are the ones who are giving those types of warnings and maybe the others just couldn't, don't really care. That's a possibility. But, you know, getting back to what I was saying just before the break there, though, too, I mean, where you've got a situation that where they're trying to instill those kinds of values and thoughts and as well as their presence and that there is out there in the galaxy this other whole other system that is far more advanced than we are, where does that leave the leaders on this world? Here, they are the biggest fish in the pond. All of a sudden, being reduced to this third world out here on the rim of the galaxy, where we're really not all that important, and not only that, we're doing everything wrong, that maybe wouldn't lead to mass panic as much as it would be like mass apathy or mass reform of our political systems. What, who wants that? I mean, industrialists? Do, do, you know, do the industrialists want us to be less capitalistic? No. Do the politicians want us to reform our whole, our whole political system so that we're more in line with the, you know, a, the great socialist galactic overlords? I, I, <laughs> you can see that there could be a really big problem with a lot of that. Yeah, um, I'm just getting the feeling there's another question in there for you, Randall. What's the underlying question there? <laughs> Well, it's it's when you were talking about what the experiencers take away from their experience. Oh, right. Yes. It's very non-materialistic. Yes. But, but but basically, you know, to put it in a nutshell, yes, it's very non-materialistic and, and very sort of idealistically social. But at the same time, our world is very materialistic and it's not entirely social. And if every time we've tried it, it's failed miserably. So there'd be a lot of pushback on the part of people in power to not change to that way of thinking, even though these people have the experience like it's something we should do. Yes. Um, and, and hence, that's why we're not getting disclosure. Of course, if we just want to throw the disclosure question out there, you know, the governments must know more than we do. Why aren't we getting it? You know, that's a, a very long-term question. <laughs> <laughs> People have been asking that for decades. Like, you know, why, 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 why are you keeping this from the public in general? Um, and it's very frustrating and it makes you want to pull your hair out at times. But, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I just want to throw another idea into that pot as well is that Jean raised the issue of Earth being a third world country and I 
compared to other life in the universe. It's probably true. And we we are a you know a small planet in the backwash of the galaxy, but there could be advantages to that from an extraterrestrial viewpoint, in that maybe we have only been a recent discovery because we've been hidden away for a while, and maybe that you know that discovery by some extraterrestrial races, and that may be that our DNA gene our gene pool is a little bit more pure than some other races out there that have been mixing in the cosmos for thousands of years. And there may be something about our DNA that some extraterrestrials are very interested in too. So maybe that's another reason why some of these extraterrestrials come here um, because there's something about human DNA that could be advantageous to their own society. Interesting. Yeah, you know, that's a pretty good point, because isn't that what we do? Sort of when when we're looking for something new and or a new medicine, we go down to the junk, you know, we don't go to the lab, we go to the jungles of Brazil or South America and, and deep into the, the most primitive parts of the of our world to try and find things we haven't discovered that are are still emerging in nature. And us being out here, closer to the rim of the galaxy away from all of these other civilizations would be kind of the same thing. You know, they could study this sort of world that has evolved all of, interesting, interesting perspective. I mean, mm-hmm. complete, completely different than saying, you know, they, they, they either seeded us or that they're from the future. Yes. Yeah. And getting back to your statement before, sorry, I just jumped around a bit with those ideas, but about, um, you know, why don't we have disclosure? And I'm thinking about the intimidation of witnesses because I think that the um, that various um, people understand these changes are going on in close encounter witnesses, so they don't want to be them to be out become outspoken and be influential in society to speed up our evolution, which is inevitable anyway. But uh, they're trying to quash those aspects that you were talking about, about being less materialistic and, you know, not buying into capitalism and all that sort of stuff. So they might be intimidating them to, you know, so that they're not becoming a hub of change in society. And remember the Roper report, I think it came out in 91, one of the things they found out was that they found a group of people, these people who are reporting close encounters and having unusual experiences, they actually called them influentials in society they were the advocates the letter writers the committee members the people who call in on talkback shows they were they had this activist energy in them this seed in them and if that awakens um to a the huge degree that uh, you're suggesting before that there could be hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people on the planet peppered through society who've had these experiences and if those seeds are awakened you can't control that that's a, a real issue for the government so another reason to you know to to keep disclosure uh, the lid on that tight shut indeed i mean isn't that what's happened with the internet too before we talk about the internet we have to break that sounds like it's serious right you like that okay no maybe not gene cheryl randall you're in the paracast Thank you for listening to GCN. 
Visit GCNlive.com today. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNhemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. An engine failure aboard a Boeing 777 aircraft taking off from Denver International Airport sent large chunks of debris raining down on neighborhoods in the northwest suburbs of the city. A United Airlines flight bound for Honolulu reported engine trouble and returned to Denver shortly after takeoff, scattering debris over several neighborhoods in the process. Kirby Clements is a resident of Bloomfield, Colorado, and a piece of the engine landed in his front yard. He tells CNN that his first thought was that a plane had crashed. Wife and I were sitting inside the house uh, just finishing up with the paper and uh, we heard this big bang and we kind of looked at each other and go, what was that? And then all of a sudden there was a bang and a crash and this object just rolled right in front of our house, right, right out the front window. So I get up and look outside, and I'm trying to figure out what it is. And as soon as I open the door, I go, uh-oh, it's an engine part. This is USA Radio News. A number of Capitol Police officers are under investigation for their actions during the riots at the Capitol last month. Lance Pry has more from the USA Radio News West Coast Bureau. U.S. Capitol Police say the Office of Professional Responsibility is investigating the actions of 35 officers working the January 6th Capitol building incursion. The office also noted six officers have been suspended with pay. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. President Biden has made clear his views on the tragic events of January 6th, including where responsibility for them lies. He backs efforts to shed additional light on the facts to ensure something like that uh, never uh, happens again. Viral videos of some Capitol Police officers raise questions about their actions during the occupation. More than 250 people have been charged so far. A police officer from North Cornwall Township, Pennsylvania, is the latest to be arrested for allegedly storming the Capitol. Joseph Fisher was arrested by the FBI Friday, charged with obstruction of law enforcement during civil disorder, violent entry, and disorderly conduct on Capitol grounds. Fisher is currently suspended without pay. This is USA Radio News. If you are trying to quit drinking or doing too many drugs, listen to me. You don't know me and we'll never meet. I had a problem like you once. I drank and used to party a little too much till it got out of control and almost ruined my life. I realized I needed help to fix my problem before it totally destroyed me. If you've tried to fix your drinking and drug problem and you know you can't do it alone, you need to call the National Treatment Advisors. They'll immerse you into a 30-day program to replace your old habits with new habits and totally change your life. And if you have PPO, private health insurance, the entire program may be covered. Fix your problem right now before it gets any worse. Get clean. Call now and learn more. 800-296-1252. 
Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I am not responsible, Cheryl, for his robotic voice. The fact that he is being possessed by alien DNA. <laughs> it just happens. I it's spontaneous since I'm I didn't think he was robotic. I'll start to channeling soon. <laughs> Channel thirty seven. Channel fifty four. Chanel number five. No, that's not the right one. <laughs> Catherine Deneuve. Actually, yeah, I remember those commercials. Awesome. You know, prior to the break, we, we were getting into some really interesting discussion there about how you're right, Cheryl. There are literally, there's got to be millions of people, right? Like Stanton Friedman used to say that he would ask his audience, how many people have seen a UFO? And a lot of hands would go up. And then he would say, now, how many of you have reported it? And then maybe just a few. So out there in society, we know that we have fellow human beings. I consider them to be part of kind of like an invisible family. I I know they're out there, but I don't necessarily know exactly who they are. But we know they're there. You know what I'm saying? If there was a way to bring everyone together, and I think a lot of these shows like the Paracast and other shows, now there are are hundreds of podcasts about this. It's a movement, but but it's not very united. Do you do you think there's a way to unite the ufology community, or is that just another another one of those sort of um, idealistic dreams? Wow, yeah. <laughs> I remember writing a series of articles in Stuart Miller's UFO Matrix magazine, I think it was for a while, about that very subject. Yeah, so you want to be a ufologist. Okay, here's the drum, basically. <laughs> and that we're a willful group. You know, we are, we are um, strong-minded. You know, we're like a, a, a brumby. We want, to, we want to have our heads. We want to say what we want to say. We want to explore certain things. We... We don't want to be hampered in any way. We're quite rebellious group because we're thinking outside the box. We're going against the status quo. Uh, I have to say we're very Aquarian uh, energy actually going into the age of Aquarius. But independent thinkers, that's a great thing to apply into the UFO subject because we can all bring our own interests and our own flavour to it. If we could make that homogenous, we could actually have some really interesting, uh, eye-opening insight into the UFO subject. But unfortunately, it works against us too because we want to do our own thing. So it's a bit of a catch-22 for us, uh, and I don't really know what to do about it. I just know that I work with the people I can and avoid the people I can't. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it is a real conundrum, isn't it? We've got a lot of people, like you say, that are – that are very knowledgeable, and we've got serious ufologists that study this. And and Jacques Pelly talked about uh, you know the secret school or the secret university where peop- there are people who take it seriously. But then you get these what Christopher O'Brien used to call the cults of personality, 
you know, this maybe the Stephen Greers and the David Ikes and the and the George Adamskis and and they influence people like you say, but do they really, you know, do they really have the credibility? That part becomes kind of frustrating. And then on top of that, you've got this sort of territoriality. Because when people do that, they get their audience, they get their group, their crowd, and everybody breaks off into these cliques and then starts kind of quarreling with one another over who's right and who's wrong and everything else. And then the, 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 these main important points that you were talking about earlier tend to kind of get lost in the shuffle. Well, we're not the only ones like that. The scientific community is exactly the same and they get paid for what they do because I was sitting here thinking, well, if we weren't voluntary maybe and we were paid for this sort of work, maybe that would change it. But actually, I don't think it would. We'd just end up like the scientific community too who also, you know, howl at each other's ideas. I think it's just the nature of humanity and maybe that's the difficulty that extraterrestrials have had in the past in who the hell do we talk to on planet Earth? You know, like even the people who govern the planet, um, they don't. They have problems between them too. So maybe it's just something we have to learn to adapt to until we become um, uh, a little bit more homogenous, as you say. But then when you do that, we can somehow lose some of the, the um, great things that we can bring to the subject as well. Mm. Now, earlier you talked about sort of the UFO silencers and that sort of thing. Have, have you guys got the MIB down there in Australia or is this mainly a kind of an American thing? We've had some re- a little bit of that here. Um, there was a gentleman many years ago who um, – he contacted us by phone. That's right. I took, the, I took the phone call and he claimed to be an ex-Green Beret uh, uh, soldier and he was living not too far from me at the time. Anyway, he saw – he rang up because he had seen a UFO and um, it came down close to where he was behind the house, went down a gully and then it just disappeared and that's why he called. Then he called me back the next day or the day after, and he said, who did you tell about my sighting? And I said, no one. And he said, well, do you record these calls? I said, no. And he said, do you uh, tap people's phones? No. (laughs) This is a voluntary uh, not-for-profit organisation. We don't have those resources. And He's, he was really quite upset because he say, he claimed that um, after he'd had his sighting that these two guys dressed in black suits, wearing black hats, black sunglasses, knocked on his door and they came in. As soon as he opened the door, they came in, they tried to intimidate him. They were very pale. I think he said they had, even though they had hats on, he could see that they were had like fair hair. Um, and very pale-looking people, and he said they were carried on like like imbeciles, really, in their attempt to uh, intimidate him, and he just shoved them out the door and told them to get, get lost, basically. But he rang me up and, and, you know, was very upset with me because he thought I had sent me. I said, I don't, even, I don't know your phone number, and I, this is in the days when phone numbers didn't show up on phones and it was a landline. 
And I don't know where you live. You never told me your name, your address, or how would I know? So yeah. I got us wondering, could the, someone have been tracking that uh, UFO? Because it was, that's right, it was only like very soon after he, he had called and reported his sighting that these two rocked up. And they arrived very quickly on his doorstep after he'd had the sighting. Now, I imagine that people who have those sort of qualifications, if true, uh, probably even though they leave the military, they're probably monitored for the rest of their life, basically, because they have skills that, you know, that they're in society that other people don't have and they're probably, you know, um, monitored very closely at times. I'm not sure. I would imagine I would do that if I was in the uh, – if I was concerned about them being in society. So um, that was one case, and um, there was another case where a woman who was a uh, freelance writer contacted us, and she'd had a close encounter and had missing time, and she had a black van parked out of her outside her house for four days, and there were people in it. And um, as she was going to come over to my place uh, one particular day, she didn't turn up. She eventually called me and said, I went to go outside to grab the door to leave and get in my car, my door of the house, and um, I woke up on the floor four hours later. Now, as far as she knew, she wasn't an epileptic. She didn't have any sort of known episodes that would could affect her like that. You know um, what? Let's not get on the floor anymore. Let's yeah. get up and listen to these announcements, and then we'll continue with one more segment <laughs> with uh, Cheryl Gottschall, and then she'll be on after the Paracast. With Gene Randall and, of course, Cheryl, we are in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. 
No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. February is Heart Month. Every year for the month of February, to show our appreciation to Extendivite's faithful customers, we have a sale. If you would like to try Extendivite, now is the time to get a few months ahead and really give Extendivite the time to show you how it works. Most of Extendivite's long-term customers wait for this sale to stock up. People and doctors tell us about the unbelievable improvements that they have experienced in their overall health not just the heart. Extendivite wants you to experience the power of these herbs. Get a four-month supply for only $115 for either the capsules or tincture. Please take advantage of this once-per-year sale and get healthy for life. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com or find us on Amazon. Extend your life with Extendivite. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance. Want to dominate the stock market in 2021? Looking for higher profit potential? With the COVID vaccines, a shifting political landscape, and a new year, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how. Make 2021 your year. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance and maximize your gains. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411. Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. This is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So Cheryl, please continue talking about this, getting up off the floor. Yes, the woman who was coming to see me and she woke up four hours later on the floor of her own home. And she did eventually come over that day uh, and told me the whole story. And the van had gone, yet it had been there for four days. It was a bit unusual, she thought. And uh, she went to the doctor, was medically checked out, nothing nothing wrong with her. I have since discovered, um, because another friend of mine had a similar situation, and apparently most people have one type of episode like that in their life. So that could be something, that could be an explanation for it. People have this sort of episode. Is that part of their growth or what? I don't recall an episode like that. No, uh, I haven't had it either. So therefore, I am an exception or I missed something. I'm, I missed it. Oh, well. Well, this was what my friend was told when she passed out and woke up on the floor of her kitchen uh, with the fridge door open. 
and she went to the doctor and this is what she was advised by a medical professional that, that a lot of people have uh, some type of episode like this once in their life. They don't know why. Exactly On the no. floor in the kitchen. Now, we have a hard vinyl floor in our kitchen, so if I fell on the floor, I might get hurt. Yes, you might. And some people will be happy over that, but hopefully not too many. I've had it happen to me, so, uh, you know. Okay, tell us more. Well, it's I just went to use the bathroom, and while I was in there, and I've... I don't know what happened, but I, you know, I, I woke up on the floor and I had some blood coming out of my nose. And, you know, it's like I thought maybe I had some kind of weird mini stroke or something. Right. And but who knows that? So, you know, maybe maybe it is. Wait a minute. Stop the presses. <laughs> a couple of months ago, I was in the kitchen talking to Barbara and I felt faint for a moment which has never happened to me before or since. And I thought, well, you know, I'm getting kind of old there. Maybe this indicates something. But that was it. I felt faint like I was going to fall. And then I caught myself and then I was fine. That's maybe sure. not close to it, but still. That's really interesting, Cheryl, that you should bring, bring that up and that you'd found that, you know, some people do have this experience. I mean, I don't know that it's connected to anything. I've had a lot of weird things happen to me in my life. I really didn't think it was connected to anything paranormal or, you know, alien or anything like that. I just thought it was just some, you know, physical condition that happened. And I have had other things that, well, I have had missing time and that sort of thing. When you got talking to your abductees down there in your groups, is, is that a common phenomenon down there as well, the whole missing time thing? Missing time, yeah, not the passing out, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, certainly missing time. In one case, there was gained time. Someone gained about 30 minutes, another person gained an hour. So that was really interesting. That gain, the 30-minute the one was a truck driver because he was watching his times. As a truck driver, you have to get from A to B at a certain time to deposit one load and pick up the next, and you've got to get back by a certain time. And he was driving along the highway through a uh, national park to get to a country town and to make a delivery. And while he was driving, this green object – illuminated green object appeared beside the cabin of his truck off to the side of the road and uh, it was there for a while then it went pacing his truck and then it went a bit forward ahead of the truck and then it disappeared the next thing he knows he gets to where his um, destination and the guy says geez you must have had a good trip this time he said what do you mean he said you're 30 minutes early usually here at 11 30 p.m you've arrived at midnight and he said that's not possible i never stopped i did my usual trip but he gained 30 minutes of time in relation to this green light appearing near the cabin uh, on future in interviews, when we saw him face-to-face, -face, it turns out that he had had other close encounter experiences and uh, many sightings, and I find that really interesting. Another lady I know, was come. she used to work at a casino, and she came out late at night, saw a light, go, oh, no, sorry, that was, that was missing time. Sorry, that wasn't gain time. But I'll tell you that anyway because she saw – this light in the sky and other people in the car park were looking up at it at the sky too. She got in a car and uh, she took off and she 
I think she said that she found herself, she'd pulled up somewhere at the lights or something and then she found herself some distance from where she should have been and she eventually got home and her husband was angry or worried at her at first because she was an hour or two late getting home from work and uh, she didn't believe him and she ran around looking at all the clocks in the house and she just was stunned because she couldn't explain it but she knew that she had ended up at some place that she shouldn't have been after seeing this light over the car park. It would be nice to know if the other people who were looking up at this light in the sky over the car park also had that experience too. Lots of weird things happen to people. And I wonder here too about the reality of all this. And we're going to have you talk further about a lot of current things in our premium show after the Powercast, Cheryl, but we wanted to get back into things that are happening here. Can you tell our listeners about what you guys are up to for the near future? We, we actually have uh, monthly meetings, so we're just getting back to face-to-face meetings this month. Uh, we've been doing our meetings online, but we haven't had a lot of reports that have come in that uh, are current. We've had some come in through the last, through 2020, while everyone's uh, stuck in their homes they're historical reports. So, and what I find is that people have these reports rattling around inside of them for years and years, and then something happens to prompt them to talk about it. And I guess the pandemic was a good reason to be prompted by something. If anyone is interested, we publish a, a bi-monthly journal. It's a digital journal. We can send it to you anywhere in the world. And I guess we're trying to get back on track after the pandemic and the restrictions, which we haven't had a huge amount of them here, but they're, you know, they're little localised areas, mostly in Melbourne in Australia at the moment. So we're hoping to be able to get out and interview people face-to-face once more. Do you find that people are having sightings during this time? Do they go out or are they just hiding inside their homes until things go by the wayside? We should mention, folks, Australia's incidences of COVID-19 infections and deaths is a lot lower than other countries. Yes. My home state of Queensland, we've only had six deaths from the very beginning. We did have, I think it was about six weeks of uh, restrictions in the middle of 2020. There are a couple of times where we had to wear masks, but not prolonged periods of time. And life is pretty much back to normal here, even though we're supposed to be social distancing in shopping centres and things like that. People don't really don't take much notice of that anymore. What kind of population base is that in Queensland? Gee, I don't really know. I know there's about 23 million in Australia all, all up. Oh, hang on. There's about 3 million in Brisbane. Kind of like an upper middle sized city in the U.S. Hey, Cheryl Gottschall, tell our listeners if they want to know more about what you do. Where do they check you out? Yeah, they can find us on uh, on the internet under um, UFO Research Queensland, and we're on Facebook, we're on Meetup, and we're we've got a channel on YouTube as well. So you can go there and look at various um, presentations that uh, we've done over the years. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Powercast. Check out the Powercast fan club and the Powercast community, or whatever they call them, over at Facebook. We also have a place where you can buy branded merchandise for the Powercast. How about that? Four different logos to choose from. Choose the logo, choose the shirt or the throw pillow or whatever you want. Great quality merchandise, great service from our supplier. Go to the Paracast.shop for more info. 
And we mentioned Cheryl will be sticking around for After the Paracast, which is a premium show offered to subscribers of the Paracast Plus. We also give you the version of this show free of the network ads with enhanced audio. How about that, Mapples? We also are offering a special deal in addition to lower prices for the pandemic, and that is a free coupon code for the phenomenon, the James Fox UFO documentary with three hours of extra material. It's not available from all services, but we give you that for five year or lifetime subscriptions to the Paracast Plus. Go to the Paracast.plus for more. The Paracast.plus. Cheryl Gotchel, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.